What is up, Fat Guy Forum listeners? This is Gourmet with a quick note before we get into this week's episode. A couple things. First, I am very excited that this week, two new things are happening. One, this episode features the updated Fat Guy Forum, Fat Guy 5 questions. Two, if you are a member of the Patreon, the after show starts now. So this week, going forward, will be the brand new Fat Guy Forum after show exclusive to Patreons. So if you are not signed up, check out the link in the, the notes of this episode. Get yourself signed up so you can get access to that extra content involving this show. I'm excited to finally getting it launched and in your hands. So let's move forward with that. That'll be exciting. And if you're not into Patreon and you still want to support the show, don't forget we have the affiliate links in the show notes for Redmond and Kettle and Fire Broths. If you use either of those codes, that helps support us keeping the show on the air as well. So that's all, my friends. Let's get into it. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gourmet, and it's that time again. Time for the show. So with me this week, uh, it's always fun when I have someone who has been a regular listener of the show on, and this person certainly is, and I'm excited to have Nick with us today. Nick, how are you doing? So far, so good. How about you, Gourmet? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's chilly uh, here in San Diego this morning, but um, it's, it's not I'll, raining anymore. I'll take your chili over mine. I bet. We started around zero today. Uh, I, with I will, I always say, though, um, our houses aren't that well insulated, and we really don't have heat. So it's, it's, probably, about, it's probably about 46 degrees where I'm recording inside right now. Um so. I'm the oddball that says that's a great temperature, but I do also understand that moving to San Diego from Rhode Island, um, yeah, no, probably not. It's a little different. A little not different. anymore. But I will say also we had, for the San Diegans listening, we had some flooding rain last night that was wild with thunder and lightning, which we very rarely get here. So my East Coast heart was excited to be watching, you know, the sky light up, which I don't really get. So, But today is sunny. I'm excited to be talking to you, man. I can stop talking about the weather now because I'm sure at this point people are getting bored of it. <laughs> so let's get into the let's get into it, man. Tell us, Nick, what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum? Um, the biggest thing is when I got married in 2002, I was 225. By 2007, I was 350. And over the net, so that's the biggest time. And over the next five years, I managed to control it, but I topped the scales at 388. I know I went over that. Because when I found saw that at the doctor's office, I didn't do anything because I was going to India the next month, and there's no way I wasn't going to eat the food there. Um, absolutely, if you're going for especially for work, you're they're going to pay you for your meals. So, of course, I'm not going to try and diet while I'm gone. <laughs> understood, understood. So let's go back to the let's go back to the beginning and talk about that because two twenty five, why by while by no means is is tiny. Um, isn't necessarily, you know, an unmanageable weight. Um, uh, I'm 6'2", right. and my frame is such that could I get down to the 199 that is quote-unquote ideal, at the, well, the upper end of ideal? Yes, but I don't look healthy at that. Um, I don't think I would feel healthy at that point. I'd be eating very little. And when I've gotten, I think I hit two fit back down to 250 once, and I could have, and could I probably go lower? Yes, but I don't think anything past two twenty five would be anywhere near healthy. Yeah. So two twenty five, like I say, was was a was a good weight for you. 
got married and went up to 350. Like what, what in your best kind of estimation, or I don't know if estimation is the right word, but in your analysis, what brought you from where you were living at for, you know, was your weight to 350? Um, ice cream, brownies, full leaded soda, and I didn't care. Um, I'm a little bit younger than you, but around the, it was food's bad. So my rebellious nature is I'm going to eat whatever I want. It doesn't matter. Weight's a number. You're going to get fat. You're going to not going to get fat. No matter what you do, you're going to be heavy. Um, and because it was bit by bit, I didn't realize I was getting that heavy. Um, but I realized I'd crossed the 350 barrier, oh, 330, when it, we got our son a Wii in 2007, and they have a uh, weight limit on that. Oh, and yeah. I couldn't use it. The the health platform or the yeah. platform device, yeah. right? Yeah, the Wii Fit had a weight limit of 330, and I couldn't use it. And I got it in order to play games with him. And that was awkward. So. It- and, but, and I think there's something important here, like, just for people to relate to, you know, that are listening, like, it's, you didn't go from 225 to 350 overnight, like, how long of a period was that? Uh, five years. Five years. So, when you break so that was, down... It's, in 25 years, 25 pounds a year. Right, it's 20, um, so 25 pounds, so it's, it's half a pound a week. So, which can, can seem a lot to someone... But also, is not necessarily, you know, it doesn't, when you start to break that, really really start to break that down, it's not a huge number, but it adds up. And I think that's an experience that a lot of people go through when they've lived at a certain weight and then lifestyle changes and those lifestyle changes, you know, can snowball. So you took us into a little bit, you know, kind of your weight went up you know, higher than three, you know, you got to three. Let me, I'm, I'm merging all my questions into one. So let me slow myself down. <laughs> it's Monday morning people when we're recording this. So let me, let me, let me slow myself down. Um, so you, you knew the number 388. How did you find that number out? Was it something, you know, you were just weighing yourself or you went to the doctor? Like when did, when no. did you become conscious of that? Um, we didn't have a scale in our house. My wife is, a little bit younger than I am, and women get a whole bunch of irritation and grossness up at them as far as weight goes. So for health, mental health purposes, we don't have a skull in the house. But my wife was more aware of my size than I was. And my I have some cancer diagnoses in my family, so she made me go to the doctor annually once we moved out back east. And so we stood up. It was my annual checkup, and the doctor told me the weight, and I went, uh, "Say what?" And I, that was a lot closer to four hundred than I realized. And for I don't know why, still, but the idea of crossing four hundred terrified me, and it was a huge mental block. Um, I'm sure part of it is my brother-in-law at the time was between six hundred and seven fifty. And I, I'm sure others have the same thing, but I didn't think I was anywhere near that. I didn't, there's a physique 
style that people who are 350, 400 are stereotyped as having. And I didn't have that. Even looking back at pictures, I look the same at 350 as I do at 300. Like just the way my body forms, I don't change. So of course I didn't know that. No, and that and yeah. denial is a beautiful thing. Oh yeah, and well, and that's you know I was gonna like in that time like you know when you talked about your wife having some consciousness of your weight, like were you were you just like this is who I am? Were you trying to make changes? Like where where was your head at? Like kind of before you got on the scale and saw that number. Um, I'm big, but so what? I've always been big. I've been the biggest one one in school, um, all growing up. It, until high school, I never met anyone who was as big as I was, or at least didn't appear to be that way. Um, after I realized how big I was in some conversations with colleagues at work later, there may have been people larger than me, but no one physically showed that except our nose, the nose or center on our football team in high school. Mm. And when you talk so, about conversations with colleagues at work, one of the things you shared in your pre-interview was like, you worked with a, with a group of, you know, you had some guys that you worked with that were on the beggar side and you never, you, you hadn't really made a connection that you might be heavier than them. Yes. Um, one of our the guys I worked with lost, um, hundred, 150 pounds over the course of a year. And later when I told, we were talking about it because I started losing a chunk of weight and yes, how big I got at one point, And I told him, I said, no way, you never looked that big. So, but at the same time, all of us, we're in our late 30s, early 40s. Um, all of us had kids, so activity level was questionable at best. Some of us, like me, had no preference, no care to do it. Um, so we just, that's just what I lived with and figured we we're all around the same. Well, I thought I was around 300, and then I went to the document. Oh, right. Yikes. Well, so what. So when did you try, you know, when were you trying to lose weight? Like, when did that start for you? When I got back from India, I was uh, 2013. Um, I started Weight Watchers. My mom had done it for all my growing up and is still doing it. Um, so I knew it was an effective system. And they were running a special and I said, hey. my doctor had been talking to me about bariatric surgery or sleeve or any of the various options. And I knew that was useless until I figured out how to eat because I knew it was going to come right back on. That's not only is that the stereotype, but stereotypes exist for a reason. And I knew where I was with food and what I like to eat. So I decided to do that. Um, and then over that, that time I lost probably 75 pounds um, from 2013 to 2014. And three months into Weight Watchers, I decided I'd figured out everything I needed from it and how to track and actually pay attention to what I was eating. Changed some, my soda preference from standard Dr. Pepper to Coke Zero. Um, for anyone who has a preference, Coke Zero tastes much better. If you disagree, I apologize for offending you. Um, and so that was a lot of it. I stopped eating half gallon of ice cream a couple times a week. One, and so then somewhere in that time frame, I no, see, 
from there, I just kind of maintained. Um, we had a, at the time, the building I was working in had a cafeteria at the bottom on the ground floor. I'd grab a salad from there and eat that and watch how much dessert I ate. Um, so that's how we did that. Yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, you. I was just going to ask, like, but did did you maintain there, or or where did you go from there? No, well, I maintained there for about a year, and then the company I was working for sold my division into their own company and told us all to work at home. I thought I was good and set because I'd maintained about a year. Unfortunately, guess what happens when you're home by with your family and everyone's eating treats and sweets and all that fun stuff and you don't go outside. Next thing I knew was back up to like 3.30. So that was another 80 pound gain. Um, and during the, while we were all working at home at that time, um, at one point I was browsing Facebook for some reason. I actually don't remember why. And one of the people I'm friends with, there's, said his wife had just made him a delicious almond bread thing that was keto. And I said, what's keto? Um, looked at it and went, huh, what about ketoacidosis? Because I know my parents had tried Atkins in the mid-90s, and they stopped for fears of that. And went, well, it looks to be an entirely separate thing. So let's try oh, yeah. <laughs> um, And that worked really well for me. Um, and... Because at the time, I was drinking two or three or monsters a day just to make it do the work day and get home as long as sleep. And looking at all the, all the side effects of keto flu, I was like, huh, that's my daily life. So what am I going to lose by trying this? Huh. I lose being sleepy. I lose being hungry all the time. I lose all, all those things you hear about keto flu. Hmm. That's my daily life, and that goes away at some point. Sweet. Let's try that. Um, and I then lost probably hundred between a hundred and hundred and fifty pounds at that point over the next several years. Um, between and monitoring at home and at work because they could cook stuff and take it, or they were giving us food vouchers, and there's a cafeteria downstairs, and hey. They'll make me food with a bun, and I can eat all the bacon and eggs I want. Sweet. Let's do that. Um, unfortunately, along the way, at various points, it became a concern with my wife that I was doing this because uh, she was worried about my health, which is good when your loved one wants you to be healthy. But she was also afraid that my doing this would somehow would create food issues in our kids, which isn't good. So, and then we moved back west and I haven't figured out how to get back on the train and all of a sudden I'm back up at like 350. My body really likes 350, unless I'm tracking real hard. I wish it would like something a lot lower, but that's where I'm at right now and just trying to figure out how to balance not creating food issues with my kids but not going further up the scale. Yeah. And that's what I think is interesting that, you know, that's different about this discussion is not that 
you're coming on and you're saying, this is, you know, this is the path I follow. This is exactly what I know I need to do. And, you know, gangbusters ahead. Like I, it's, you're, you're in a different place in terms of still trying to find what's going to be the right path for you. And I think that's important. And the factors that start to come into play, like, cause I know one of the other things, you know, you talked about also was, you know, when work would change, you know, that would, you know, the, the factor of change in life, having an impact on eating and eating habits and, you know, and then also kind of throwing in that idea of, you know, concern over if you're eating a certain way, what are your kids seeing, you know, because it's that whole place of, do we talk about food as good or bad and dangerous and like that, that language yeah. and impression has an impact. No, and for a long time, for a long time, I didn't talk about it at all. Um, and then our kids heard us fighting over my food choices and asked, what's keto? So I told them and what you prioritize. And my wife's kind of given in. That's where I try and start at is keto. And I prioritize protein and fat. And I didn't, apparently also unconsciously when I'm doing really well, I don't buy all the treats and stuff for the kids that are considered normal. And so now I do buy that stuff, but I buy stuff that I try not to eat so that because it's just there. And if it's there, I'll eat it. But, but I'm getting, working on letting them have it, good or bad. It's up to every family. And working on not touching it, um, which is hard because some of this, like I'll make desserts and things for them. And most of the time I'm good at not eating it because my serving size is the pan. Um, so that's kind of where we're at is figuring out the balancing act and my daughter looks for things that say keto on it. See, it's for you. Well, yes, but I don't want tortillas that size <sighs> or so we found a balancing act. It's now it's just a matter of me figuring out how to actually stay on track and not keep sampling all the desserts mm-hmm. or well, so- have the peanut. Or make peanut butter jelly sandwiches, and next thing I know, I'm opening a new jar of peanut butter again. Well, you know, that was going to, you know, my question then that comes into it is like, when you think about how you'd ideally like to see things functioning, what does that look like for you? For me, I prefer all of us to be on keto-like or keto-esque or some form of primarily meat and veg focused, minimal snacks. Snacks are good. I like snacks, but there's different forms that we could figure out how to do, but it's not something we're in a headspace to do right now. So I'm trying to figure out a way to do it myself and not have a negative impact on my kids or my family at large. Well, what do you, I mean, what are the, the, what are the, you know, and again, I want to ask questions and I want to be, you know, kind of sensitive knowing that, you know, there's there, there's family issues involved in, in diff- bigger picture pieces, but what are you know from your perspective? What are what are the concerns with your kids seeing you eat the way you know eat the way you'd be eating if you were trying to kind of stick to keto and to to lose the weight and take care of your health? Um, because then it cuts out a, a large food group and. I'm sure if I were more into fruit and veg, it'd be a lot different, but fruit and vegetables, I don't generally like. It's not something I really 
ate even before I decided that I have to be careful about what I eat. Um, well, quote unquote careful. And so trying to make sure we have all the cookies and snacks and crackers and chips and things, which thankfully are things I really enjoy at this point. Oh. I do, but know that if I eat them, they're gone, mm-hmm. which isn't fair to the kids anyway. So, right. Which is the other, I, which, I, you know, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit here and say, is it better for them? You know, is it better to get to a place of being able to under explain to them why you're trying to take care of your health and role modeling behavior? Because in other way, you know, if you're eating a whole package of something in front of them, aren't you role model, aren't you role modeling something else? Like, and again, I'm not asking, yes. I'm not saying it to be like challenging you or anything <laughs> along those lines, but no. it's, I, no, I think, and, that's, and it's an issue I think people struggle with, you know, it's, it's not often that I, I, I talk to people that, you know, are dealing with those issues on the show, you know, like big parenting issues, like, so exploring the nuance of it and the challenges I, I think is going to be a great thing, but also, you know, want to help, you know, even just through this discussion, you know. Have you let let you kind of get out of your head, you know, kind of where you're at? Well, I think that's part of the problem is my kids go to bed between eight and nine. So I'm not eating in front of them. I'm doing it after they're in bed and there's a pan of brownies staring at me. Unfortunately, the last couple of times I decided to take care of the brownies, I paid for it because I think I'm either have, I've had a longstanding gluten or sensitivity or I'm developing one because I paid the price the next day and I've it took me way too many times to figure out that mm, that's not good so as far as the what's it teaching them if I eat it all in front of them well they don't see that they just know it's gone but because they've known periods where sometimes that happens and sometimes it doesn't I don't think it's hitting them at all and we are to where I can talk somewhat about how I eat and what I eat, but I try and keep it quite out of the way just so there's no fights or concerns. It's just they know that's what my target is, and if they have questions, I'll answer it in a way that doesn't cause stress. But unfortunately, I'm still trying to figure out how to do it without causing any type of riff or concerns anywhere. So I can't provide any advice on that because I don't know. Yeah, no, and, and 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 honestly, I'm not. A, I'm not thinking that you're going to provide advice on it. Like, I'm just, you know, knowing the place that you're in and what we're talking about. Like, trying to hear from you, you know, the reality of what you're dealing with and the because I I wonder like when you think about this, you know, something you 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 said a couple times there was you know not wanting to cause stress stress or strife. Um, where does your being, you know, because there's an importance to you being, you know, healthy and around for your kids as well. Like where does, where does that come into play for you? Like kind of that balance between, I don't want to rock the boat, but I also need to find what's going to work for me so that I'm still here on the boat. I think that's, that's actually what I've been working on recently, um, especially as I keep watching the scale go up. Um, I know at least part of the scale going up is I'm not tracking like I'm supposed to because I know that when I do that, I start 
getting strict, a lot stricter than I intend tend to with the kids. So still trying to balance that part out. But as far as what I want, being on the boat still and not disappearing is just planning up meals and making sure that there's stuff that I can eat without causing problems. And unfortunately, taking advantage of the 18 year old's metabolism and handing off the loss of the desserts to him because he can do it still without a problem. And he's still doing all the work. He's doing a lot of work to, so he's able to burn it off and not have negative impact. Yes, that's probably a bad parenting choice, but it's where we're at right now. Um, and he hasn't decided what he wants to do for eating style anyway. He prioritizes 14, which I'm all for and support that, which is good. Um, so I just make food choices that I can steal pieces of. So if I'm making um, cheese uh, biscuit pizza for the kids, I make cheese pieces, just cheese pizza for me, cheese and meat on top. So I'm finding ways to sneak in stuff that works for me that isn't going to cause problems and working on avoiding the desserts that I like as much as possible. When you talk about talk about causing problems, like what are the problems that you're concerned about? Um, that I'm teaching my kids bad habits and creating food issues. Um, our daughter's going to have that because she's a girl, and for better and worse, girls get the short end of the stick when it comes to food and body styles and they're so trying to avoid any issues with food with her is our primary concern. Um, and then for our boys, trying to figure out how to teach them more healthy and moderation than anything. And it's hard to teach moderation when I can't, um, of this type, I can't remember what the two types are, three types are moderator, abstainer. I thought there was a third one. I can't moderate, so I'm an abstainer, so I can't teach moderation because if it's there, it's gone. So trying to figure out how to teach that to someone who may or may not have that skill, I don't know, and that's where where we're at trying to figure out. And it's a it's a lot to figure out. Like you know, it's a big there's there's a big big picture there. Like, so let's talk about working on that. Like what. What do you think are the things that you're doing to try to work through all of this? Still up in the air. I'm, I'm right now working on making sure that anything that is going in a casserole or a carb heavy, heavy thing. Oh, I'd still some meat out for me so I can just cook that on the side because I, not gonna eat the carb stuff on it and don't want to teach pickiness because they're all that's another struggle just in general with our kids that they're all super picky um so trying to work on getting them food that they will all eat and if it's and keeping my portion out and limiting the size of desserts i make is is helping a lot because then if I make an eight by eight, there's 
enough pieces for everyone to get one and none for me, which is a lot easier to do on an eight by eight than a nine by 13. Even with seven kids, you, a nine by 13 doesn't, there's still leftovers. So that's what we're doing now. And I'm trying to figure out meal prep. I think once I figure that out, it'll be a lot easier. I just haven't figured out how to do that easily. Um, and I cheat and take advantage of the fact that I'm the one who does a lot of cooking for dinner. So I get to, I get to pick the meals and so I eat stuff that works for me. Um, no, I, so, yeah, I, what, what I think about is, no, I, I so, no, go ahead. I'm also working on not eating the peanut butter when I make the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for lunch because our kids don't eat the lunches at school because they don't like them, mm -hmm. but they like peanut butter and jelly. Unfortunately, I like peanut butter. Well, I think sure every, we have no I experience think, with that most, whatsoever. Yeah, I think most human beings do. Um, and, and anyone who hasn't tried peanut butter yet you know, is they, they would like it if they tried it. <laughs> I think you're, you're the rare human being. If you don't like it, like the, the, the things I'm hearing and like, and a lot of this, it, it's funny. Cause having this discussion, I don't want to be immediately jump into like, you know, here's my thoughts and, you know, and here's, here's suggestions and things along those lines mode. Like, but I, th I think about like a lot of this, you know, there, it also comes back to that core concept of what are the things that you can control and what are the things that you can't control? And part of that, like sometimes that's not as black and white as, as it sounds because there are things that you have influence over, but you're not the bottom line. You know, the bottom line is, is, you know, you're, you're, you're in a family, you're not an, an autonomous being, you know, like in terms of you make all the decisions and everyone just has to fall in line with them. Like that's not the way life works. Um, so, yeah, which is good that it's not yeah, doesn't work that right. way, but sometimes it's hard. Right. And so I think, it, you know, there's there's a part of it that's about what are the things for Nick that need to be the non-negotiables, you know, and if it if it's about, you know, if part of your challenges are about what you're eating when people aren't watching, is is that something better for you to focus your energy on while you're still in that process of feeling your way through? How do you present food to your kids and work through that with them? and you know, because that's always the question that comes up for me. Like, what are the, you know, sitting down and looking at what are all of the challenges and then identifying what are the challenges that I have the bandwidth for and also feel most manageable. I may have to steal that one and work on that one. Or once the kids are, kids are in bed, no more food. Yeah. And, I, and the other thing, like, because I, I think there probably are a lot of people out there who struggle with finding what's right for them and how to integrate what they know work. Cause I think it's also, it's not just a finding that what's the right path for you. It's like being able to know yourself as an abstainer and then finding a way to integrate the behavior that you need to take care of yourself and your health, you know, into the bigger picture with your family. And I think part of that can probably feel overwhelming, you know, and I think there's probably people out there nodding and being like, yes, this is, that that part can be very overwhelming and that's natural and normal and okay. So then you think about, okay, what are the, what are the small? And when I say small, I don't necessarily mean that's easy. You know, it's that, what are the, 
what are the smaller or simpler things that I can try to put into place that allow me to be more in a place where I want to be, you know, in terms of habits and activity? And what are the, what are the initial habits I should work on? And so when I prove to myself, I can do that, I can see the potential there to do more. You know, like you said, like the idea of saying, okay, if this, if my concern is really about being full, basically carnivore in front of the kids and, you know, do I then, do I start with focusing on what happens? You know, what happens when the kids aren't there? You know, when I'm alone, when I'm, when I'm making the sandwiches and they're not standing around me, when I'm at, they're in bed, what are the things that I'm doing then? And I think this is something for everyone to, to think about is when you lean into challenges like that is when you discover how much of a challenge they really are. Yeah. And I work at home full time. <laughs> so there is no one around to help monitor anything because my wife's at work and my kids are at school. <laughs> so unfortunately that's kind of where I'm at is trying to figure out that balancing game because I know I've done it. It's just not flowing as easy as it has the last few times. Which is okay because circumstances change and life changes and all of that happens, but navigating that can be the biggest challenge. You know, how do I get back, you know, and maybe getting back to the place where you want to be isn't about taking massive strides. Maybe it's about, you know, brick by brick, small piece by small piece and finding ways to keep life in general where you want it to be and still be able, because you talked about like, you know, I, one of the questions I would ask, you know, for, you know, for you to be thinking about is how do you feel right now where you're at, like physically, like how is, you know, you were talking before when you were first discovering the idea of keto. Well, you know, this is, you know, my life right now is all of these symptoms that could possibly happen with keto flu, which, you know, that's a whole other tangent I could go off on, but and probably will in the after show. But how do you feel right now? Unfortunately, I feel really good. Um, the other side benefit, at least for me, of moving to keto was I know the and depression and anxiety leveled off. Um, so I don't know that I ever felt that good, medicated or not, um, from the time I was little until I found keto about eight years ago, five years ago, somewhere around then. And so on the one hand, it's good that it's still more or less manageable with how I'm working my keto style now. Unfortunately, it's not coming. It's good that it's not coming back, but it's bad in the same way that because that's a definite, oh, this is bad. And some of the foods, when I, I've tried different things to see if because my kids are trying something different and they didn't like it. So how am I going to let all those five cupcakes and muffins go away? So I can tell when I eat way too much of something, I pay the price physically and mentally for the next week, but then it gets all better. So I'm trying to figure out, unfortunately I feel fine other than I know I'm carrying way more weight than I ever intended to to carry again. This and this next question is probably going to be strange coming from me 
being gourmet goes keto. Um, Not at all. But have you have you considered a different approach? One that might take some of the stress in terms of the family life off. I have, but I, I'm afraid to move on to that just because I know how good I feel here and introducing and then trying to figure out a whole new way of cooking and tracking. Unfortunately, that is something I have considered as well that maybe it got me, it got me here. Now what do I need to do to add in stuff to try and boost something that I'm missing? Well, and, and I, I asked that question because if your desire is to kind of be on a keto path, having the, the cupcakes that the kids don't like or the, the, the pan of desserts after they go to bed isn't keto. Yeah. Right? And and I feel guilty about doing it and they go, oh, I'll fix it tomorrow and then not do that again. Yeah. Unfortunately, two or three months later, I'm in the exact same spot. And yeah. Yes, I know it's my choices, but... But I think like you said, it's that balancing act yeah, and figure a, out how to make the choices work. And it's also, I think it's also about being able to identify patterns. And if I feel great doing this, but I can't sustain it, is it something that, that is, is it a great choice? You know, is there, you know, and I'm not saying I, I even have any thoughts of this. Well, this could be the great answer for you, but I'm, I'm more kind of like, cause I hear you talking about you know, how you feel good doing it, but then when there, there are times you step off, which don't sound like they're the rarity, then, you, you know, you don't feel good and you have to come back from it. Like, the idea of, of progress has to come from a place of consistency in the end. And sometimes what we want to do consistently isn't what we're able to do consistently. And unfortunately, I, I think you have the nail on the head. That's where I'm at. I'm trying to figure out how to go yeah. forward from there. <laughs> And I think that's okay. Like trying to figure that out. Like, and that's the important thing I want people listening to think about is like, we don't always have a hundred percent clear answers and it's not like we're going to, you're going to, you know, we're going to get off this recording and you're going to say, aha, wait a minute. I had a thought while we were talking and now I know the answer. Like, that's not the way life works. Like it's not all just about flipping switches. Sometimes it's, it's really about having to be there in the trenches of that place of, I don't know what the best next step is. So, do I do nothing or do I try something? And take that flip, switched flip, flip switch, and go, well, let's try this approach. See if adding this on or moving this thing makes it better. I do have some ideas to try going forward, or at least mulling around. I can feel them mulling around. They're not formalized enough that I can say, oh, I'm going to try this. But I can feel the gears turning, which is a positive thing. Which is a good thing. And I, you know, I wonder, you know, are, do you feel like it's the thoughts you're having are things that are in line with, you know, not necessarily the, the food plan you want to follow, but in terms of the goals that you have for yourself? Does I that think make sense? so. Yeah. Yes, that makes, per that makes sense. And I think so. Now it's just a matter of them percolating and finishing out the percolation to become a hopefully more formed idea than a vague, huh, something needs to change. Let's, 
So I can feel the ideas percolating. Yeah. So thank you. Oh, for sure. And do you feel like you have, you know, because you, it's the, the answers on how to practice what you need to do, you know, that is sounds like it's the challenge, like how to put things into action. Do you feel like you, you know, because again, I don't want this just to be a discussion about, okay, where are you stuck right now? And let's just, you know, talk about that. Like, do you feel like you have a good sense of, you know, where your goals are in terms of like what you want for yourself and, you know, how you want that to, you know, the impact for your family? Like, does, is that something you've given a lot of thought to? No, other than I have a, I know I have a goal that I want to get down to mostly because it's easier to buy clothes at that level. And it's showing that I can, achieve something but beyond that no um trying to formalize an actual plan at the gym rather than just going and doing something at random for 30 minutes which which at least i'm doing three days a week right now which is better um so as far as anything specific unfortunately no which I want to then say, like, I encourage you to, to work on that first step because I think it's important. You know, I, I think having a clear vision of our, our purpose and our why drives every all of the actions that we take. And giving your, taking some of that energy, you know, that, that you do have and sitting down and just defining, like, okay, what really is... Because, like, I would, you know, <laughs> if if we were just kind of having a discussion about it, and you talked about, you know, the feeling of wanting to accomplish something and wanting to fit into clothes, you know, my next questions would be, why is fitting in, you know, why is fitting into the clothes and being able to get them easier important? You know, why is accomplishing something important? And kind of diving into that for yourself. It's something I encourage every person to do, you know, is to sit down. If they don't have a clear vision of why they, they're taking the actions that they're taking, you know, working on that as a foundational step and feeling like, okay, when I, I have a clear understanding of that, then I can move to that place of are the goals that I have for myself in line with that purpose for myself as a person, as a person and do the actions then drive me towards that, which is challenging. It's hard. Yeah. That pesky why question. Mm -hmm. It's pesky, but it's important. Yeah. Yes. That's why it's pesky mm -hmm. because it's important right. and it keeps going down further mm -hmm. and I have a partial why, but not a full why. Mm -hmm. So, so it's just, I think it's just something to think about. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not doing this as free advice or anything along those lines. No, I know. Like, <laughs> but I, you know, I, I, I say it's something to think about, like from that place of, I need to, you know, in order for me to kind of make decisions for myself, you know, I, I have to understand why I'm making those decisions. And like you talked about choices in order to understand the choices I'm making, because I feel like with a, a stronger connection to our why, when we're making choices that take us that, that are in conflict with that purpose, that's that level of self accountability, you know, which like you said, the other people can't be, you know, you're working from home alone you know, there's no one there to stand over you and tell you what you should be doing. You know, it's, it's the same way throughout all of our lives. Like at the end of the day, we can build accountability with other people, but it's our accountability to ourselves 
that is yeah. takes precedence. And it makes it a lot easier to go and drop some hamburger in the air fryer or do something like that when I'm home by myself, but then it's still not touching the peanut butter because it sounds good at that point in time. Which or, then, you know, with with that sense of your why, like knowing that, you know, if that's, you know, then sit down and build what are the things that I, you know, the things I need to do and the things I need not to do. And I've been working on not eating the peanut butter during the day. I've actually gotten to where most of the time I don't touch it because I know I'm just going to end up throwing away that jar. Or it's going to be from full to about half full. And I wouldn't have known when I did it because just because it sounded good. But, oops. Right. And things often sound good that we know in the end aren't the right choice for ourselves. You know, and that goes back, you know, you, you deal with plenty of children. You know, that's one thing <laughs> from your pre-interview and from just, you know, people, people missed it. You talked about seven children in the house, like at the moment, yeah. like realizing that there are times where we have to take that parenting skill that we use with the children and use it on ourselves and realizing that, you know, there are times where we say no to children because we know it's in their best interest and that doesn't always feel good. And we, you know, struggle ways through, you know, struggle to find our way through that and struggling our way to do that with ourselves can be as, as big of a challenge. And yeah, I don't want to just sit and say, okay, our discussion's over. And <laughs> you know, isn't this great? Everyone <laughs> like Nick, Nick shared the quandary that he's in the middle of and where he's at. And so let, let, let's so, go from there. Sorry like, for, yeah. sorry for dumping. It's just like, well, no, that, unfortunately, the impression, yeah. unfortunately that is kind of where my life is right yeah. now. And I know there's things that need to change and I'm working on it. And for better and worse, some of the other stories people have shared and what made me go, well, maybe there's someone else who wasn't, doesn't feel that they have a story to share because they weren't 400 pounds, weren't yeah. 300 pounds, weren't whatever, but for whatever reason they're struggling. So I decided to reach out and you yeah. were gracious enough to say, yeah, let's do that. Well, and I think we've, we've, we've talked, you know, the, it is about struggle and, and, and the, but the, the, the positive shift I want to take, you know, to drive us forward a little bit because we could sit and kind of like hammer in and like, okay, so Nick, what are the things you're thinking about? Lay them out, like force you to do that. I don't think that's helpful. What I, what I think could be, you know, helpful is, you know, some questions like, one of the things that's apparent here, though, is you haven't you haven't given up the battle. So what is it that keeps you still wanting to work these things out? Like, what keeps you from not giving up? I don't like the mental state I'm in mm-hmm. when I give in and eat all the foods that I still really want. Mm-hmm. But I know that they don't put me in a good place. I don't like how I feel mentally. I don't like how, how I feel physically. Mm-hmm. And does eating the one and a half, half quarts, one or qu- three quarter quarts, depending on where you're at, of ice cream sound really, really good sometimes? Yes, but I know I'm going to feel crappy afterwards. So most of the time, like 99% of the time, I'm okay. I don't even bother opening it because I know where that's going to take me. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember if I answered the question. If I didn't, I'm sorry. Yeah. I thought no, I did. No, you did. Like, I had a thought. I, you know, I think, you know, I, I think what you shared is good. I, you know, because I wanted you to see that even as, because I think sometimes when we are struggling to find answers, 
it can it can be hard to get mentally lost in that place. Like, you know, that's when, you know, for lack of a better term, there can be some despair because I don't see a way out of this situation. I still want to work on it, but I just don't see a way out of it. Like that can be a hard place to be sometimes. But the fact that you're asking these questions of yourself and and working on these things and identifying them, like there there's a lot there I think that is about Taking, you know, I, I think it'll be really interesting for you to listen back to this episode, you know, which can be really hard because hearing our that own sounds voices awkward. is hard. Oh yeah. But I think it will be a good thing to hear from, you know, you hear yourself on the outside talking about the things that are your challenges and being able to say, okay, that, th- that's a lot there. So what am I going to work on? That's because you, as a human being, there's only so much in your cup. There's only so much you can pour out. And sometimes it's about being economical with our action in order to help us get to that place. Like you talked about a part of your purpose is like wanting to accomplish something. I think it's about digging into the smaller accomplishments, like realizing that you can have bigger goals, but let me set some short-term goals. Like, let me set some goals that are going to drive me forward. So I feel like I'm accomplishing something and maybe I can try to do more. So even if it's like you, you, you end this conversation and you sit there and you say, okay, you know what? For the next week, I'm not going to touch that peanut butter and just challenge yourself to do something, you know, and I'm not saying that's the one, but I'm saying like you, you start to say, okay, let me try to challenge myself or for a day, I'm going to do this. Like, even if it's building up one day at a time, this is what I'm going to do for today because it gets you to that place of realizing, is that goal what you should be working towards? Like, was it helpful to do that or was it not helpful? You know, that's a part of goal assessment. Like I accomplished that. Did it help me or did it not? If it did, do I want to keep doing that? Is there something else I need to focus on? But I think you put a lot out there that I think if you do give yourself the gift of listening back to your own words, it might help you with some of that direction. Hmm. Something to think about, man. So let you started to talk about it there like, you know, what, you know, your purpose with wanting to share where you're at and what you're going through in the journey you've been on. Like, I think, you know, there's that desire to want other people to know that if they're in the same place, that they're not alone is powerful. And so I, I do really appreciate that. No problem. Thanks yeah. for listening to me. I know I don't have a major story like others you've had on, but Unfortunately, I've also heard other people who felt the same way come on and say someone needed to share something mm-hmm. and I felt I could help them know that they're not alone. Right. And that's what it's about. And that's why I always say, like, I feel like every story is important and valid. And we're not all, you know, it's not all about having people come on and say, I was this way, I got to this way, and I've lived there for the past 10 years, and everything is great now. Like, because life isn't that linear for most people, especially struggling with these issues. So I appreciate you being willing to be vulnerable enough to come on and say, look, this is where I'm at. Like, I'm not going to, you know, for lack of a better term, sugarcoat it and say, you know, there's just a few things I need to get in line, and then everything will be great. And if I would have had the guts to do it a couple of years ago, I would have been sugarcoating it, but it would have been, a, it would have been a lot different space physically to come on. 
So for better and worse, coming on now provides a different insight than in a couple years ago. And I think also knowing that you you listen to the stories here yourself and you know the impact they can have on people, that also then opens the door for you to come back on in a couple months and talk about where you're at, you know, and and see that as something where it's like, okay, you know, if I'm going to think about where I want to get to, let me, and I, or I, I discover something, I want to share that. I think the only way we all learn and grow sometimes is, you know, is through this communal sense of learning, is through this place of sharing, because there is no one place for us to go and learn X, Y, and Z. You know, while places will claim that they exist, uh, I don't think there's one place for every person to go and learn everything they need to do about health and fitness and weight loss and weight management and food and all of those things. Like, I think it takes hearing a lot of different voices and then finding what's going to be the best thing for yourself. So I appreciate you taking the time to share what you did today. Thanks for having me on. Of course. And I know it will help someone. So if someone does want to connect with you and not to hammer into you with questions, but to connect, (laughs) where can they find you, man? Um, You can find me on Instagram at... Zany Terp, Z-A-N-Y-T-E-R-P, or I'm more active, and you'll probably find me there easier, at Mormon Keto Carnivore. Um, The links will be in the show notes. It's where I post random pictures of things. Um, I try and show my failures at food, or when I steal food from my kids because I'm making biscuits, and oh, all this cheese just piled in the middle. Dinner for me. Yay. Understood. And that um, will definitely be in the show notes, man. And I am not going to forget this week to have the <laughs> high five in this episode. You were one of the people that noticed that I've, I've apparently, my brain, I don't know where it went the past two weeks. Um, so, man, are after having hear, heard so many people go through them, are you ready to go through the fat guy five? As ready as I'm going to be. Okay. So question number one, man, tell us, living or dead, who is your favorite fat guy? I've had the same answer since you started, and I almost made it to not have it duplicated, but someone beat me to it a couple weeks ago. Mm. Um, I can't find the episode to confirm who it was, but Gabriel Iglesias, a.k.a. Fluffy, Mm -hmm. and Hank Hill. What was the last one? Hank Hill. Hank Hill. Hank Hill. Okay. I heard Hank Hill. I'm like, I don't know. Sorry. I don't know what that is. Uh, Hank Hill. Well, Hank Hill I've never gotten. (laughs) So... There you go, and I, you, like you said, you're probably the second person to say Gabriel Iglesias. So, and I was surprised it took so long for him to come up. It's like, me too. Maybe I'll get the guts to do it. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Hey, ah, there and you I go. To- <laughs> Who knows? Um, I, I, I don't understand why. You know, he is, he is clearly, he has defined the the level of fatness scale that is is out there for everyone. So, yes, and. He's got his own struggles and he's open about it oh, and yeah. you can watch his transformation. Um, and he seems to be a real person and it's interesting to see how he approaches the health issues tied to being big, whether you're noticeably big, like some people are, or your body style doesn't show it, but you're carrying those metabolic physical problems. He covers it all. No, 100% he does, man. Question number two, what is something about yourself that you love? 
the one question I've been struggling with since you started asking these, and one of the reasons I didn't want to come on. Um, unfortunately, it's my ability to hold two opposing things as true at the same time. For example, I don't actually like anything about myself, but that is something unique that I've come across recently that I'm able to do that doesn't appear to be as prevalent as I thought. Um, the ability to have a full dichotomy of opinion. Hey, and I think the purpose of the question is to get you to think about the question. So I, I appreciate you putting thought into that. Question number three. And, and, and I'll phrase this question like, you know, because the question, the, the straight out question is what is the most important new habit that you've built? Um, and so I think, you know, I, I think you can answer it from that perspective. You can also answer it from the perspective of, you know, what is a habit that you've had in place that you want to get back to? One I want to get back into is tracking because I know I do a lot better when I track my food, but as far as being, as far as something that's ongoing that I still have is taking, eating my food or using food as my comfort, using more healthy foods. For example, sticking, to, is pe eating a jar of peanut butter a, bet, a really good thing to do? No. Is eating a jar of peanut butter definitely harmful than eating a pan of brownies? Yes. But, so keep being better about what I choose to use as my comfort food or skipping it entirely sometimes. Some good thoughts there, man. I'm telling you, listen back to this. <laughs> listen back. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quiz you. <laughs> question, number, question number four, what's a goal you have for the next year that's not health, fitness, or weight loss related? Let's talk a different topic. I don't know. My goal for this year was to be brave enough to come on your show mm -hmm. um, and yeah. have it come with something for after I actually said yes and you said yes and I did it. Um, possibly try and come up with my own podcast to talk about changes that you help you convert who you are to who you want to be. Um, so just or de deconstructing what yeah. you are because. Who you are today is not who you are tomorrow, mm -hmm. hopefully. Every, something about you is always changing. And going through stories about people who do that. But I haven't decided if... So unfortunately, I don't know. Because my big goal for this year was to say... Was try and get the guest to ask you if I could come on the show. Well, you've accomplished that one. So I, I look forward to seeing what you do next, man. For sure. And question number five, you know, I'm going to change up a little bit. But... Oh. You know, as as someone who is raising children, I know that you're possible of 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 giving a good message to someone. You know, whether it's kind words or words they need to hear. Like, what if you could sit right now and tell yourself something that you feel like you need to hear? What would it be? Don't eat the cookie. Um, there's this specific event that triggered that one because that that's another one I've been trying to think about for a while because I've been listening for a long time and trying to figure out ideas on that one in case I ever had the guts to come on. Um, but the last couple of times I tried the cookies that I got the kids, it did not do nice things to me. So the biggest thing I, I would tell myself would be stop trying the cookies. It doesn't do you any good. 
So do you do you want me to isolate that sound clip and send it to you? Sure. <laughs> just I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But hey. No, I actually if you're serious, yes, please. Hey. Don't eat the cookie. There we go. So man, there are there's your run through the Fat Guy Five. The the contact information for your socials will be in the show notes. Nick, I just want to say I, I and I mean this, like I know it was a big deal for you to reach out and say that you're ready to come on the show. And I also know it was a big deal because you're not coming on saying this is exactly what I'm doing. Like you're coming on saying this is where I'm at and I want to be real about where I'm at. So I just really appreciate you taking the time, man. No problem. Thanks for taking the time to meet with me, even though I'm in a spot of progress. Mm -hmm. Hey, that's what matters. I'd say failure, but that I've also caught myself. So that's progress. We'll go with progress. Perspective is powerful. Perspective is very powerful, man. So Nick and I are going to talk for a few more minutes in the after show soon. So remember, if you're not in the Patreon, sign up to get involved so you can hear everything from him there. Uh, I'm a big thank you again to Nick. Everyone out there, connect with him. If you haven't connected with me yet, for some reason you're listening to the show, I'm Gourmet Goes Keto on Instagram, Twitter, and you can always email the show at thefatguyforum at gmail.com. So my friends, thank you once again for listening. I hope that you can take some lessons from this discussion today and apply them to the struggles that you yourself are facing. And then, hey, remember, you're the most amazing people I know. Come back and catch us on the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum. 